Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and producer of Kranitsa, The Well, a podcast series about interesting and remarkable Ukrainians from around the globe. Today is Monday, March 28th, 2022. And this episode is produced for The Ukrainian Weekly, a global newspaper that has been focusing on the Ukrainian community since 1933. Our guest today is Oleksandr Kosovan, who is the CEO of a software and app company called MacPaw, which was founded in 2008. And he's also the co-founder of the SMRK VC fund. Welcome, Alexander. How are you? Hello, everyone. Uh, well, I'm relatively good while I'm safe here in Kiev. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for the opportunity and the invitation. To start off with, Alexander, I'd like to get a little bit uh, about your educational and professional background for our audience. Yeah, so uh, I am Ukrainian. I was born in Western Ukraine, and I was a uh, uh, like big fan of technologies and computers. So uh, when I was a kid, I had an early access to uh, computers, and this be- became my passion. So I started to study in Kiev, in Kiev Polytechnical Institute, as a software engineer. And this is uh, when I uh, put my hands on my first uh, iMac G4. Uh, so this is how I became a big, really big fan of Apple computers and everything Apple related. And uh, in the end of my education, I started the company called MacPaw. Uh, so I was a student when I released the first version of our uh, most popular app called Mac. Since then, uh, like it was almost 14 years, uh, I, like, you know, I started the company in 2008. And uh, right now we we have built a quite successful business in Ukraine with more than 400 employees here in Kiev, Ukraine. And can you tell our audience also about your venture capital fund company, SMRK? What does it do and what kind of companies does it fund? Yes, so uh, when uh, I started the company, I bootstrapped it. Uh, it became really successful, and I, I had some extra uh, resources and money to invest in similar companies like ours. Uh, so in 2014, uh, we started with my friend back then, Andrei Dovzhenko, uh, a venture capital firm called SMRK. And uh, till today, we invested in more than 50 15 companies, mostly from Ukraine, and some of them became really successful, like, for example, Ajax Systems. So this is one of our biggest uh, companies uh, yet that that we helped to to build. And they are building uh, smart security systems, uh, wireless smart security systems for uh, and selling them around the globe already. Uh, So we have many companies like this in our portfolio. So you and I spoke maybe a year or two ago about your company and your products. And of course, at that time, things were radically different in Ukraine. Today, we're sitting here, we're into the second month of the uh, Russian war with Ukraine. They invaded on February 24th. And I've been trying to keep up with what's been happening on the IT industry. 
and the picture is not completely clear. So from where you sit, how is IT doing at this point? I, for example, I read an article recently from Emerging Europe that said 85% of IT workers are still actively producing products and engaging with their clients. What's your experience? Yeah, I, I would say that the IT industry is probably the least affected by the war uh, because even before the war, we had this COVID experience when we started to work remotely, like most of the companies had mixed or complete uh, remote uh, work style. And right now, it remains almost the same uh, considering the situation that most, uh, well, a lot of our employees will, had to leave Ukraine with their families. Uh, so uh, almost uh, almost half of our employees are currently abroad. And before the war, uh, we had a lot of time to prepare because we had this early warning by uh, Biden, uh, Joe Biden administration, that uh, the Russia will invade Ukraine with a high probability. We took this uh, really ser seriously, and we started to prepare our business to uh, to work uh, under these conditions. So we were ready to operate uh, almost autonomously as a company. So all of our software are sold online, all our backend and infrastructure are uh, outside of Ukraine. Uh, some of the uh, like features are automated, like for example, we could have the automated customer re replies, etc. etc. Uh, so uh, we had enough time to prepare the business and uh, as a result, we were we almost were not affected as a business. But uh, it's hard to, to, to tell the same about the employees because of course, many of the people had to leave their home. Uh, some of them are still in the in danger areas. And mentally, uh, we are all attached to this crisis. And it's really hard to concentrate and focus on the work uh, tasks when uh, you are continuously uh, following the news and uh, attached to what is happening in Ukraine. Has MacPaul lost any business because of the war? We blocked all our Russian customers that used to be before the war and stopped sales in Russia and Belarus. But this was really a small part of our, our business because most of our customers are coming from the United States and, and Europe and like only uh, several percent from Russia and Belarus. And what is your experience with the IT industry as a whole and Ukrainian startups, have you heard any anecdotal evidence about what's going on with these other companies now? Yeah, since we are investors in some of the companies from Ukraine, I would say that, well, majority of our startups are I would say doing good in these circumstances. Uh, some of the companies had to relocate their manufacturing facilities, like for example, Ajax Systems. They had a hardware factory here in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, so they had to relocate it to Western Ukraine and move all of the equipment and employees there to start in production from, from scratch almost. Uh, but uh, the companies that are doing like software or services, 
cases, and they are relatively good. And again, not considering the fact that many people are in danger and uh, had to to change their location, to move with their families, etc. And I don't know if you follow this or not. I imagine you do. There seems to be a almost a mass migration of tech workers out of Russia and Belarus at this point. I've heard an estimate of as many as 100,000 Russian tech workers have left going to various countries, including Armenia, Georgia, Turkey, and so forth. Have you heard anything about this? Yes, sure. We are, we are also following this news. Uh, and uh, this is the result of the Russian government trying to block access to all of the news sites, Google, Facebook, many services that announced that they are supporting Ukraine uh, and publicly stating uh, against the war. Uh, so Russia had to block all of the services. And uh, as a result, many of the uh, Russian IT specialists specialists uh, already lost or will lose uh, their jobs uh, pretty soon. And what is it like in Western Ukraine at this point? You mentioned that 50% of your employees have gone abroad. Have any of your employees actually moved to Western Ukraine? Yeah, we have a lot of employers there. We uh, uh, we rented a, a working in in Ivano-Frankivsk and Lviv. It's very hard to find a place to live right now because so many people had to re- re- relocate to Western Ukraine. So it's very hard to pl- to find a place to live. So many of our employees are spread across uh, both cities and small villages uh, wherever they were able to find. Uh, a place to stay. And does that present any problems from a technology standpoint? For example, I've read a lot about the use of virtual private networks or VPNs at this point to have secure connections to the internet. And I've also heard about the Starlink internet service providing equipment to some people in Ukraine, including Lviv IT cluster. So how does that work if someone moves to a smaller village, say up in Karpaty? Well, the biggest issue, at least in Ukraine, is that not all of these places are adapted to a fast internet connection, and especially when there is so many new uh, internet uh, clients or connections in the region, uh, the internet there is become, becoming really slow. And indeed, uh, Starlink is a good savior there. Uh, but at the moment, Starlink is mostly used for humanitarian needs uh, to ensure the stable and uh, stable connection in the regions uh, that are du- directly affected by the war. Uh, so it's like a reserve channel uh, mostly, uh, but it's not yet available to regular people who just want to be able to work. But uh, I hope it will change as more and more Starlink uh, terminals will arrive to Ukraine. So unfortunately, we're almost out of time, Alexander, but I did want to ask you another question. And I guess it's a bit of a a bit of speculation at this point. What do you think the long-term effects of the war will be on the Ukrainian IT and startup sectors? You know, Ukrainian IT and startup represents more than $5 billion in revenue to the Ukrainian economy as of last year. So how do you think this is going to impact that? 
Well, uh, even considering the circumstances, I'm, I try to be optimistic here. Uh, I see that when we will, will win this war, Ukraine will have really new opportunities to rebuild and uh, rise again. Uh, in terms of the IT industry, I think, again, uh, uh, there will be a lot of new opportunities because people right now are united. People right now are working on more and more services in order in order to help uh, and contribute somehow to win the war. For example, we had uh, like a competitors and uh, we never worked with them directly uh, in, in before the war. But right now we, can, we are <laughs> even united with our competitors in some ways in order to uh, to create something that will help uh, win, win this war. So I think uh, over the time, this will strengthen the IT uh, industry and the nation uh, uh, all along. And also there are a lot of new opportunities like cybersecurity uh, right now, uh, Russian is uh, using a cyber war against Ukraine, and we have to pr protect um, against the cyber threats and also counteract. Uh, there will be like a new experience that we can apply and share this experience with other countries, and this could be an, a new, potentially new niche uh, in the future. And I understand that Ukraine is doing very good in that area. For example, the Ministry of Digital Transformation has set up a Ukraine IT army. And some of the cyber workers in Ukraine have joined that army and are helping out. Uh, yes, so most of the IT industry workers are somehow trying to be connected to this. So they, uh, at the very beginning of the war, we tried to spread the information through this Russian propaganda firewall. Uh, but uh, at the moment, we understand that Russians uh, do not believe anything besides the Russian propaganda. And 70% of Russians are supporting this war, uh, which is horrible and has no... Uh, well, it's very hard to explain, but uh, this is uh, wh what it is. And we uh, we started to do some other uh, activities uh, in order to prevent this war. Like, for example, we're trying to connect with all our partners and trying to get their support uh, and stand with, with Ukraine to block the operations in Russia. And we believe that only by economical uh, sanctions, only by blocking uh, Russian users and businesses from normal, modern technology, we can stop this war because soon that they will feel the consequences uh, of their uh, war in Ukraine, uh, they will start to ask questions to their government and maybe uh, this will be a moving force inside the Russia to, to, to stop this war and change the government. Well, Alexander, thank you so much for joining us today during these very difficult times. Uh, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for standing with Ukraine. I have been speaking with Alexander Kosovan, who is the CEO of a software and app company called MacPaw, and also the co-founder of the SMRK Venture Capital Fund in Ukraine. And this episode of Kredenitsya has been produced for the Ukrainian Weekly a global newspaper focused on the Ukrainian community since 1933. I'm Mike Burek, your host and producer of Kredenitsya. And until next time, that's all for now.